everybody. It's your girl, Angie Clay, and I'm back again with my interviews. And you know that I am really concerned about how people are handling their um, self-care, especially during times of uncertainty. And so I've been reaching out to a lot of my friends, professionals, people who are building businesses, are in the profession, working front lines with COVID-19. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I share that knowledge with you. So today I have my friend Alexia Jaffe with us. Jaffney, sorry. We practiced that before we started. <laughs> <Jaffney>. so. <laughs> it's all good. It's all perfect. Okay, she's not going to get me. Um, and so I wanted to introduce you to her. She's a medical doctor who's been working the front lines um, since all of, since the world started really unraveling at a rapid rate. And on top of that, she's a mother. In addition to being a mother and a doctor, she's a facilitator and she also is an author. So we're going to talk to her today, and so welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule <laughs> to sit down and talk with me. So thank you so much um, for having me on. Just to reiterate, I'm Dr. Alexia Gaffney. Um, I'm a triple board certified infectious disease physician, mom, speaker, author, coach, and breast cancer survivor, thriver. I create healing pathways so that others experience total health and wellness, mind, body, and spirit. Um, it is such an interesting way how we got to know one another and how we got to the point of having this conversation. And the way Angie and I linked up is just through both of our commitments to other people's wellness, you know, above and beyond health. You know, I don't, everybody can't be a healthcare provider, but I think everybody has the ability to support others in their wellness journey. And so, we met in the aspect of journaling for health, wellness, and self-care. Um, so I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited for us to have this conversation and for this information to land in the hearts and minds of the people who need it the most. Yeah, thank you so much. So usually I start off because I get up super early for me, probably not so much early for you because you're on the East Coast. I was mm -hmm. asking people, are they drinking tea or coffee? What do you Got in your, so, in your mug this morning. In my mug, which I do have it right here, um, I'm on to my water now. This morning I had um, a nice cup of hot coffee, which I have every single day. I do not speak to people until I've been caffeinated. And then I drink um, tea throughout the day. <laughs> so usually um, like a green tea or lemongrass tea or soursop tea, um, always full of fresh lemon. I consume a whole lemon every single day by way of my tea and just eating it. Um, but yeah, right now, just water. I'm someone who um, is perpetually dehydrated. Um, lack of self-care there. <laughs> I, I cannot say a word because yes, I... Mm -hmm. So I have to make a conscious effort to drink enough water every day. So right now I'm um, hydrating after my morning cup of coffee. Yes, yes. I, that's a never-ending battle with me too. So hydrate, hydrate. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, your field of expertise and mm -hmm. how that looks for you like day to day. Yeah, so I am an infectious disease specialist. Um, I'm board certified and trained in infectious disease for the adult patient, so 18 and up. But um, I'm also a trained internal medicine doctor and pediatrician, and I'm board certified in both of those specialties. Um, as an infectious disease specialist, I primarily manage outpatient adults uh, with any number of acute 
for chronic infectious conditions, as well as workup um, conditions that may or may not actually be infections, but present very similar to infections. So we call them um, mimickers of infectious disease. Um, my primary practice is all outpatient. Um, I'm someone, even though I went to med school and you know trained primarily in the hospital, I don't like the stress of the hospital environment. I could never be like an emergency room doctor or uh, a trauma surgeon. I, I like to have a controlled environment. I wanna know who's coming, what time, and what do they need from me? And being a consultant allows that. There's always a clinical question that another provider or the patient is asking you. And so you know exactly why the person is coming in. But COVID, pulled me back into the hospital environment and back into hospital consultation because our infectious disease teams were becoming so overwhelmed with the number of new patients pouring into the hospital. They went from two teams that were getting maybe 10 or 15 new consults a day or consults and follow-ups um, to getting 60 to 80 consults per day because of COVID. So, I transitioned back into hospital medicine or inpatient medicine during the COVID crisis. But that was interesting for me because I'm a breast cancer survivor. So I fall into that list of high risk or immunocompromised people. Um, and although my risk is not the same as it was when I was having chemotherapy or radiation therapy, mm -hmm. it's not back to baseline. So my health is not considered equal to a 39-year-old woman who does not have the same mm -hmm. health history. So even before I was asked to return to inpatient care, my family, knowing who I am and how I stand, show up for other people, that I'm just a giver and a helper of people, they were like, you're not going back into that <laughs> hospital, are you? Because there was a lot of um, calls for doctors to volunteer to go to the hospital. So people who were in subspecialties that their offices were maybe closing, can you now come be on the front lines and help us out? Doctors were asked to come out of retirement to make hospital rounds and take care of COVID patients wow. um, and man testing sites and things like that. And medical students were actually graduated early so that they could join the front lines as well. And then there was this language of deployment. Well, you know, if we don't have enough doctors, we're just going to start pulling people as we need them. So my family is like, you're not going to go in that hospital, are you? And I'm like, well, if they need me, and as long as I have the appropriate personal protective equipment, of course, I'm not going to hold on to all of this knowledge and training that is for a situation exactly like this. Um, but understanding my health situation because I was very transparent with that, uh, with the, the folks at the hospital and the folks in my community medical network. The, when the question was asked, well, can Lexi join the infectious disease hospital team? The immediate response was yes, but she's immunocompromised and you have to protect her health. So um, I got to do what I love to do, which is practice infectious diseases and help my colleagues with challenging cases. And I got to do it still from the somewhat safety of my office. And I'm saying somewhat because even though I was doing virtual hospital rounds, I still continued to see patients in physically in my office. And I saw 
plenty of COVID patients um, who did not recognize that their symptoms were COVID symptoms and they just strolled on in um, or people just kind of disregarded like I, I want to see Dr. Gaffney um, I don't care what the sign on the door says I'm still coming in here and getting seen um, and that's just you know people be people and you know they um, are it's just our human nature to protect and preserve mm-hmm. self and right. we kind of just make that dis we disconnect that this impacts somebody else mm-hmm. and so i had people who undoubtedly had covid just stroll into the office insist on being seen and you know put on all of the gear go in and make an assessment you know make a plan that avoids them going out and spreading the virus to even more people mm-hmm. before they get back home or ultimately get to the hospital where they really need to be so it was so challenging wow. and so layered. Especially <laughs> right. when people are scared, they're just like, you know, their rational thinking, like, mm-hmm. window. it's like, I need to see you. I, you know, this is life and death. Like, get over yeah. you. you know what I mean? Like, they don't think about the other. Concepts. No, we, we get tunnel vision, you know, about things. And so someone who is sick and having trouble breathing and having a fever and seeing all of this stuff in the news is not present to, well, dang, if I go in here and I get Dr. Gaffney sick, she's not going to be able to take care of the rest of my family that she takes care of. She's not going to be able to take care of all of her other patients, her own family, and people don't um, perceive or predict the trickle-down effect. If I come in and I spread my infection to her or her staff or she takes it home to her family, and you know that's part of how we are in this pandemic situation is that you know a lot of folks um just couldn't see or perceive or fathom how big of a deal this was um and we tend to just be very self-centered as humans and so people's inability to look beyond themselves um is a contributory factor to you know how this big bad nasty little invisible enemy took the world by storm and still has a serious hold on all of us. Mm-hmm. For, for sure, yes. Um, so during all of this, taking care of other people, making sure that they're safe, what were you doing for yourself, for your wellness, for your mental stability? Like, how did you and continue yeah. to take so, care of yourself? Yeah, so I am very um clear on that i have to take care of my mind my body and my spirit and lately i was um i'm resolving that i'm actually off from work because i took some personal health days extending beyond um a recent surgery i had i could have returned to work two days after my surgery and i said to myself and to my office manager i need some mental health days i need time to recover like i'm not even worried about the surgery itself i'm worried that mentally emotionally and spiritually i have been bogged down by this covid crisis um day-to-day life as a physician with covid piled on top of it um the stress of trying to homeschool a third year frustrated that her mother not home and you're taking care of everybody but me is her perception and so um journaling has been huge 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 for me 
Um, when I got sick, I immediately entered into the practice of gratitude and choosing joy. Um, understanding that there's not much to be happy about when you're having, you know, mutilating but life-saving surgeries, when you're going through chemotherapy, radiation, and your whole world is turned upside down. So I'm very much into the practice of choosing joy and gratitude. And so I still start every single day that way. And many days I had to remind myself that I get to go to work. I get to go to work because so many people's livelihoods were snatched from them right. or they got to work, but they had to work from home while homeschooling or in a house full of people, um, you know, under highly stressful circumstances. And I got to go to my office every day. Mm -hmm. I got to leave my house every single day. And that was taken away from the vast majority of People. So regardless of the risk of people coming in or being pulled in three different directions, seeing hospital patients, office patients, inside the office, office patients on a telehealth platform, I still got to go to work every day. And so every single day, I gave gratitude for that. Um, just making sure to nourish my body, which I always have done. Um, and then um, exercising, making sure I get out and go for a walk, committing to um, either taking a pause in the workday or like a pause between when all of the office patients and the hospital consults are done and when I start calling people back and going over labs to just go outside and get fresh air and see the sunshine or coming home and doing a yoga workout, um, doing guided meditation on occasion. I used to do it every single day when I was homesick. Um, I do it less so, but doing deep breathing exercises. I mean, like all day, every day, being in the practice of self-care, saying, you know what, guys, turn off the phones. Please don't interrupt me. I just need 15 minutes of silence. I just need to breathe. And if you're not in the practice of doing those things, it won't occur to you to do it when you feel like your head is going to explode. It's only that I've already been into the practice that I can leave all of these um, little but very big aspects of self-care in throughout my day. Mm -hmm. The self-care is self-care, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you know, in order to like really have a lot of preventive, preventative measures in place is definitely doing, taking care of yourself on a daily basis. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give um, people as they start to navigate? I know some people don't like the word the new normal. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't like change and people like things to stay the same, but yeah. the world is always changing regardless if you like it or not. Yep. So as they start to go back to work and start to navigate in these new waters, any suggestions or tips that you would Yeah. Have? So my reminder is that people stay vigilant. You know, we cannot get lax or um, we can't pretend that this pandemic is over. It's not. And it's very easy to forget about it because it's this invisible enemy. And when we begin to return to office spaces and when we begin to return to department stores, we still need to be mindful that we're still going with mask on. Gloves, if that's what you did. I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole glove thing, but that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
um, but resisting the urge to, um, you know, reach out and hug people or resisting the urge to like stand nose to nose and close and up close and personal with people who are outside of our homes. We're not going back to normal. And we have to accept that this is a, a new normal. And until we get comfortable with the idea that masks are going to be a part of our daily lives and that not shaking hands is going to be a part of business and that there will be barriers and partitions between us, um, it's just not going to work. So I think people have to let down their resistance. You know, there is power in acceptance of a thing. Um, and I think that um, when we don't resist something, it makes it a little easier to get through than when we're in constant resistance. Could you imagine you're so resistant that you're going to go try to go everywhere without a mask and then you find that well, I can't go grocery shopping and get the things that I need for my kids or my family or myself because they won't let me in the grocery store without a mask. Well, in the absence of that resistance, if you just had a mask on, you could go in and just get what you need. It might be uncomfortable to be in the mask, but at least you didn't have to fight to get through the door now. Um, so avoid resisting what's coming and what is going to be with us for a very long time. And just be in the acceptance that um, we don't know everything. We, the experts are learning as we go. So, you know, we don't have to know everything about this or even fully understand everything about this to be able to do the things that keep us safe and healthy. You know, our health is our wealth. And, you know, if you're someone who is not quote unquote healthy, right? Because that's the absence of disease. And I think like one in three people have some sort of chronic or acute medical condition. But we all, no matter what our health status is, can achieve wellness. So if you haven't already begun to weave in wellness activities in your life, please do start them. Please do figure out how you're going to alleviate and manage stress because it is going to be there. It's always been there. And now there's an added layer of stress and anxiety in all of our lives. So we just have to be accepting of that and just willing to do the work that keeps us in a healthy mind, body, spirit. Thank you so much for sharing that. So true. So tell uh, the world, like if people have, um, questions um, or wanting to connect with you? Is there a way that they can do so? Absolutely. So um, I am committed to everybody living a life of total health and wellness. And so I shared my breast cancer journey, which is ongoing. Uh, I share, always have shared my expertise as a physician and an infectious disease expert with my community and with the world through my social media platforms. So you can follow me at Dr. Alexia, that's D-R-A-L-E-X-E-A. -E -E and that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I just launched um, my website and I have some health and wellness products coming soon. So my website is dralexia.com. So D-R-A-L-E-X-E-A.com. Um, I've been blogging about health and wellness, and I'll be sharing uh, recipes, as well as you can see uh, what I've been up to in terms of my stance for everybody experiencing a life of health and wellness. 
Wow, look at you. Ooh. One day we're going to see you sitting on Dr. Oz. And I'll be like, well, Listen. she's on my show first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> goals, goals. <laughs> yeah, I hope I can be in the audience. Well, there you know, you go. away from everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Wow, I'm, you are doing a lot of great things. So thank you. a great example for your, for your daughter. Um, yeah, I feel bad for her sometimes. I'm like, oh gosh, she had to have an overachieving mama. That's a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, we the things that we take for granted as kids as we get older, we're like kind of look back and we appreciate those things. Mm -hmm. We used to tell you, I used to tell my mom, I can't wait till I turn 18 and I'm be on my own and get my own apartment. And then when I said those bills, I was like, actually, right, what were we thinking? Being at home and like not paying anything. Yeah, it's so funny. I was so scary as a child uh -huh. um, and as a teenager, like everything made me so nervous mm -hmm. and like I was never one to be rushing to adulthood. Wow. And even when I was a full-blown adult, you know, career evolving, um, married, pregnant I always felt like I was practicing and I could just lean back on my parents and call mm -hmm. them and then when Kennedy was born I was like oh my god the dress rehearsal is over this is it I'm adulting for real now oh my god um but all of that to say like do not no matter how old you are or how young you are like do not be afraid to lean on others and to reach back and ask for help for all of my anxiety, I was someone who was like, I'm the helper, I help other people, and so I'm not allowed to ask for help. And so I would be so busy doing for everybody else. It wasn't until my hand was forced with the cancer that I got really comfortable with um, being vulnerable and, and asking for help outside of like parenting, like, you know, can you babysit or, you know, how do I do this or how do I manage that? You know, I just was someone who was like, I, I don't get help. I help people. And so, um, that's another thing that is like a superpower that we can all use is to flex that muscle of vulnerability and to reach out for help. Um, that's also an aspect of health and wellness that I think is really overlooked and that people don't, um, they don't do, they don't lean into it for asking for support. Um, but it's necessary when you're going through, especially during a time like this. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. So everybody, you know, how to get in touch with Lexi. She has all her information. Please go support her website, check out her blogs, get some good recipes. Since you're inside, a lot of times now, this is a good time to experiment and pretend that you're on Top Chef. Yeah. <laughs> and get in the kitchen and do all the things. <laughs> and then I also find too, during this time period too, a lot of people are tapping into their creative side. So picking up mm -hmm. a journal, um, some calligraphy pens, some paint, glue magazines make collages like really yeah. in and take care of yourself in a very artistic way is always um lovely and pushes you forward to do great things absolutely yeah so thank you everybody make sure you reach out to us and uh say hi leave comments below and we'll love to hear from you take care bye, bye. thanks for having me on angela of course